Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey, how's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode 105. I hope everybody's having a good week out there. It is officially summertime and a quick programming note for you. This will be my last episode until the fall. Uh, We will be back uh, first week of September. Uh, But as you all know, traditionally, I do take some time off in the summer to spend with the family and typically go out to see some really cool concerts. That's probably not going to happen this year, uh, but I am going to work on getting some content built up for everybody and spend some time with the family. Uh, And we'll be back uh, the first Wednesday of September. So this is the last episode prior to our summer hiatus. And we do have a fantastic interview for you today. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Rajiv Jayawira, uh, who has a brilliant new record out and we're going to talk all about that right after this message from our sponsor lost cabos drumsticks the best kept secret for drummers is finally out lost cabos drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with but these are not your father's drumsticks lost cabos drumsticks is canada's number one drumstick brand and they are coming to a retailer near you with operations in over 28 countries worldwide thousands of drummers have already discovered the Lost Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the U.S., Lost Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Lost Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Lost Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Lost Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at lostcabosdrumsticks.com Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Lost Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be joined by Rajiv Jayawira. Uh, in just a moment, uh, Rajiv is, uh, he is just such a cool guy and he has a great new record out called Pistols. Uh, it just came out on Friday and I was really pleased to get him on the show. Um, originally uh, born in London, lived most of his life in Australia and now makes New York City his home. Uh, and he is uh, of Sri Lankan descent, which is really cool because he incorporates a lot of Eastern drumming influences into his new record, and it really works. It's really good stuff, and I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, this is a guy that, that uh, again, put out just a fantastic record on Friday called Pistols. Uh, everybody needs to check that out. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Please help me welcome to the Drum Shuffle, Rajiv Jayawira. Raj, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you so much for taking time and and doing this. I know you've got uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on this week, uh, obviously. And yeah, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, We have rioting in many major cities across the U.S. as we record this. Um, so I just appreciate you taking time to come on the show and talk a little bit with us about what's going on. Of course. No, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time for sure, but 
Um, you know, before we delve into the new record uh, that, that you're releasing, you know, this week as we record this, um, when this episode airs, it will have come out last Friday, uh, just so everybody is, you know, up to speed. Um, but before we get into that, you have a pretty interesting background, and I would like you to, to talk to us a little bit about, you know, your early years. You are of Sri Lankan descent and grew up in Australia, and now you make your home in New York City. So if you'll indulge me, talk to me a little bit about your early years and how you got into music and drumming in general. Sure. Well, I, I was actually born in London before I got to Australia. So, um, yeah, I spent the first six years of my life uh, in London, and then my family moved to Australia. Um, and, yeah, both my parents are Sri Lankan, and I grew up with a, a very strong uh, Sri Lankan cultural background. We had a, you know, a lot of family, Sri Lankan family in Australia, um, so that was very much a part of um, my upbringing and yeah, I would visit visit Sri Lanka each year uh, to to see my grandparents and and other families. So I felt very connected, uh, even though I was growing up in Australia. I felt I felt as though I was Sri Lankan. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, I liked I liked having that um, to identify with. Uh, sure. But yeah, as as far as music goes, I had started playing. I thank my parents for like. Um, getting me piano lessons, I think, from the age of five, which was uh, my introduction to music. Uh, there was always music around the house. Um, my grandma on my mother's side was actually a piano player, um, and my, on my father's side, I think it was also a classical violinist somewhere there as well. So there was, yeah, music was, it was a, a, part, of, a part of life. But um, I, I played piano just, yeah, in those early years, when we moved to Australia, Australia, I was still playing piano. And when I began high school, I think um, the instrument I picked on, you could pick instruments, you know, when you, like a sign-up sheet. And sure. I, I chose chose trumpet um, and actually played trumpet all through high school. And actually my trumpet lessons were, I was like, ended up good friends with my trumpet teacher and, and they were like a hang. It was like, you know, I, I, I wasn't a great trumpet player, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I was I was playing in orchestras and stage bands and that sort of thing on trumpet. But if, if, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still glad I did it. I'm, I'm sure I got something from it to my overall musicianship. Um, but yeah, I, I started taking drum lessons that following year, my second year of high school. So I, I guess I might have been 13, 14 okay. um, when I first started playing drums. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of was, before I started taking drum lessons, I used to always look over at the drums and think, ah, oh, I can do that. You know, if that must, I, I felt like that would be easier, easier than trumpet at least. Or <laughs> my, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I got into it pretty quickly and I was, yeah, I guess a funny thing is like, you know, everyone has you know, their parents worried about the noise thing of, of having drums at home. My, my, <laughs> it's not like my parents were, were like that, but I guess I had that. And I, I was always reassuring them that, no, the drums don't have to be loud. You know, I can, I'll play quietly. So I think, you know, that, and I think that's maybe stuck with me and is why maybe I'm a, like a quieter drummer. Or I don't, that's like, it's, I find it easier to play soft than loud on, on the drums and, yeah, um, I think just from an early age, I was just just naturally very aware of dynamics, and and I actually just didn't want to annoy my parents or my neighbours. So, uh, I guess that's how I practiced. Um, well, you're you're a better man than me because you know I, <laughs> when I was a kid and started out, I was like, let's let it rip. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's some good in that as well. But yeah, so. So that was, yeah, that was my introduction to the drums. And I, I was lucky I also had like um, a few cousins, uh, you know, in addition to, there was a lot of music at school. So I, I was, in, yeah, I started playing drums in the state, like jazz band and soul band, stage band and that sort of thing. But I was still playing <laughs> trumpet in orchestra as well as so I was doing. I was doing a lot of music at school. And um, and I also had some cousins who were getting me into jazz and we would go busking on the street in in Melbourne, Australia. And that was, that was, yeah, really cool as well. I, I remember that um, clearly. And there are a few, a few standout concerts, that, like some of my first concerts that I went to, it was sort of in my mid-teenage years. Like I remember going to see Herbie Hancock when he came out to Melbourne and um, 
James Brown. I was lucky to see, like, standing in the front row. Oh, wow. The concert. Yeah. I guess it might have been the mid to late 90s or something. So, yeah, they they were pretty defining moments. Uh, Yeah. So, Well, so, so, uh, you know, I I think it brings up a good question, and I'm always curious about this, but, you know, who were some of those early influences for you? I mean, did you grow up with – you know, I mean, you said Herbie Hancock and that, you know, you were playing in jazz band. Have you always been more drawn to the jazz side of things or do you have, you know, a, a rock and roll background as well? Um, I don't know if I'd say rock and roll, but it's not like I was like into jazz from like a very early age or anything like that. I think some of the early music, you know, I used to, I used to be really into Billy Joel, you know, and, and was learning all his songs, trying to learn them on piano and, sure. and that sort of thing. Um, and who else? I start, yeah, and then I started getting into like, uh, like some Maceo Parker and, um, uh, and yeah, then, then Herbie came along and, um, I guess at some point I got, um, Headhunters. That was, of yeah. course, a, a, a game changer but yeah. but that was I, was I was little you know 16 17 then um so yeah and, and you know i only really got into jazz it was sort of kind of in my last year of high school um and then when i finished school of course you know wasn't really sure what i was wanted to do and auditioned for for a few uh, music schools and really you know i didn't know if i had what it talk or didn't expect to get in anywhere or, and somehow I, I actually funny story about my um, audition to where I ended up studying it's called the Victorian College of the Arts it was in in Melbourne one of the main um, jazz or Im- improvising music courses there and um, I, I turned up to my audition without any symbols I didn't realize you had to bring symbols when you were when you go <laughs> anywhere anywhere else so I had to play my audition without symbols, <laughs> and, I, and I remember just thinking it was a disaster. And you know, I was riding along, you know, instead of the ride symbol, I was using the rims. But I think they actually thought that was kind of hip, <laughs> and it possibly helped me. <laughs> so, well, it's definitely yeah, it a, kind of, a different approach. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you it know, was, this guy's so confident. Of- this guy is so confident. He didn't even bring symbols. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was completely out of my my comfort zone and seventeen year old kid, you know, nervous and <laughs> and no symbols for the first time in my life. So, but yeah, so yeah, that that was that was the beginning. I, I started that, and and from then on, yeah, didn't look back. Really, it was just that course got me into jazz and and playing, playing improvised music. So sure. Now, uh, I, after. After college, you know, after music school, how long did you stay in Australia before you made the move to the States? Okay, so quite a while, actually. I stayed in Australia for another 10 years, actually. Okay. So, so, and I was playing a lot in, in Melbourne um, and, and Australia and sort of established myself in, in Australia. Um which I'm, I'm grateful for because I got a lot of, of playing experience and um, I would yeah get to travel to to Europe kind of every year with a, with some with an Australian band which was nice um, but it was you know Australia so is I, I would I would also come to New York I had to have some family in in, in New York my, an aunt who lives over in New Jersey actually who I first stayed with when I moved here but um, yeah I, I guess the funny thing, I did spend three months in New York in. Um, when I was 21, um, and you know, I came here and I was like, I have to move here. But it took me <laughs> 10 years to move, to move here to actually do it. Sure. So, you know, sometimes I think, oh, what would have happened if I'd just done it when I was that young? But um, another part of me is grateful for the experience that I that I managed to get in the small scene in Australia. So, yeah, I guess that was just my path, and that's I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, I think. You know, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many, you know, drummers of, of all walks of life and of every genre. And it seems like, you know, there is there is some sort of siren call to either New York, L.A. or, or Nashville or, you know, Seattle, Atlanta, the, the bigger cities in the states. And I think, 
you know, I, I think that's because that's where the majority of the work is, right? It's very yeah. hard to break into any of those scenes, but especially for the for the guys that that lean more on the jazz side of the scale, New York is you know, kind of the place to be. So I, I've, I always find it interesting that everybody that moves to New York says, you know, I visited and said, I have to live here. You know, it's exactly. It, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's almost like it's just ingrained when you get there and you see that scene, you go, I have to be a part of this. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of just, it's so, so clear and obvious really uh, just the sheer number of musicians here. But I mean, when you look at the drums in particular, really, there's no, there's nowhere else. Uh, I mean, there's just no other city. I, I don't think in the in the world. I, I don't know why the drummers here uh, in New York. I, I mean, and, and the United States, but uh, other cities in the United States. But I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, it, there are. Yeah, you know, it is explainable. It, sure. it has the history is there. So. Sure. Um, I mean, and especially coming from Australia, it's not to say that there aren't good musicians or good drummers or anything like that. There, there are, but and they have, you know, we have our own scene and culture and, and history that is that kind of has created a different sound that's not so influenced by um, American American jazz tradition as much. Although there is that, of course, but you know, being so far removed, it's um, it has its own take on it. So, which you know is positive and has. It, it also misses some something sometimes. It depends. It depends. It's, yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Well, and I, you know, I, I'm trying to think back over a hundred and some odd episodes. I don't know that I've ever had, you know, someone from Australia who who spent the majority of their life in Australia in the Australian scene that then made the move to the U.S. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to rack my brain, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting someone, but. How big of a culture shock was it, you know, coming from the Australian music scene to being the new guy in, you know, the largest city in the United States? I mean, yeah, it, is, it was a pretty big shock, but it was not like um, I, I was expecting it. You know, I, I had gone from being in a very small scene in Melbourne and being, you know, one of a few players doing a lot of gigs um, to, to a scene with... Um, you know, where I, I moved to New York and expected to not do a gig for two years. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm coming here to, I, I actually moved here to, to um, initially the way, you know, everyone has sort of the visa hurdle to get over. And um, so I, I studied my first few years, did got my master's here, which I, which was great, actually. I got to study with some really amazing teachers. Um, but yeah, I thought, okay, I'm going to, to study and learn and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be a part of, try to be a part of the scene, but I don't expect to do any gigs because, you know, there's hundreds of <laughs> hundreds yeah. of people, but it actually wasn't the case. You know, and that's the thing I like about New York. I feel like, you know, you, you arrive here and there is a place, you you come here and you're kind of hungry when you go out all the time and and people are, are welcoming and want, want to play as well. There, there are other people just like you and pretty soon you're playing gigs and sessions and it's, it's amazing. So I, I guess that part I didn't, I didn't expect to be working, playing gigs so, so quickly, um, which was really nice. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's all about that. You know, I mean, it's, it's about the networking and, you know, I, I'm sure once you started working, it was, you know, you, you're exchanging phone numbers and emails and all that stuff with every musician on every gig so that, yeah. you know, you're, you're getting your name out there as, you know, I'm a, really happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm available very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, after having been here for now t 10 years like that, that energy to go out and, and do that does, you know, wear off cause you, you get tired and <laughs> definitely that's just, just normal. You know, when you first arrive here, you, you out every night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, now we can't go out at all. But, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that goes without saying. And, and you know, there's just, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, there's just, I, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I live in a very small community, you know, and we have a, a very, very small scene here in central Kentucky, uh, but yeah. I'm fairly close to Nashville. So if I really wanted to dip my toes into the, 
you, you know, get out of the, the wading pool and into the ocean, I could. And I've done some work in Nashville. But I think when you get to a place like New York City, it is um, I, I think it is imperative to be out every night and getting your name out there. And, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting to with a question here is, you know, those early years that you were in the city and you were working, were you, you know, all along planning on doing your own thing or did that happen a little bit more organically? Yeah, no, I, I didn't really have, have that plan to do my own thing. Um, it, yeah, it was, I came here and I, I, I guess I was lucky in a way because there had been some other Australian musicians who'd moved here who I was good friends with in, in sort of the years just before I moved here. Um, so they, they also connected with me with a lot of players and, and I think it's really thanks to them that, that I was able to end up in some some situations where I could work pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, but as far as doing my own thing, that, that really took uh, quite a few years after of being here. Like, um, you know, I hadn't really written much music prior to moving to New York. Um, I remember being, you know, in studying my master's degree and, and being challenged to, to write in composition class. And um, it, was, it, was, it was pretty new to me then. Um, I'd done a little bit of it, but we, I, was, I was out of my comfort zone doing so but then slowly I yeah I started writing songs and thinking oh, actually they're, they're not too bad um, <laughs> right and and building up the confidence to to pull them out in sessions and play with, with people um, so yeah it, it, to answer your question I guess it, yeah it happens more organically and um, but it did, it did take some years of, and I was yeah I was a sideman in projects and and were, was in like uh, collaborative projects up until yeah, just a few years ago where I, I really, you know, had my own band and started doing my own gigs. Gotcha. Well, you know, I mean, I think one of the themes on this show especially um, is, you know, as drummers, we are quite often relegated to being sidemen for our entire careers. You know, um, it, you're a member of a band or you're a hired gun or whatever the case may be. But one of the themes that we always try to explore here is there are many ways that as a drummer or as a percussionist, you can take control of your own career. And, and certainly your path is one of those ways um, by you know putting together your own band, doing your own gigs. But you brought up a really key point, and I'm curious about this, and I've asked you know, many, many great composing drummers, um, you know, uh, Bill Stewart comes to mind immediately with yeah. your, with your background, you know, playing piano and trumpet, do you approach your compositions more from a piano player or a trumpet player than a drummer? Or do you start with the rhythmic idea and then go to the melody? I, I'm just curious how you approach uh. it. That's it's easy. That's I definitely approach it from from the piano and from the melody um, or a bass line. It's it's yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever tried to write something starting with the rhythm. Um, okay. You yeah. It's it's always been at the piano. Um, usually I have like a, a bass line or a melody that comes first, and um, I actually like to uh, th these days I, I I like to play bass as well. I guess a lot, for some reason a lot of drummers gravitate to, as a second instrument to the to the bass so of I'm course. trying to practice a lot of uh, bass double bass these days and that's but I but I've never written anything from from bass either but um yeah so it's 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 usually the piano or, or, or always the piano shall I say um okay. and yeah I yeah I, actually a challenge for me is to know um what to play on drums actually so um once I have a song it's like that's that's the hardest part for me because I feel like the song is the melody and, and all the rest. Like, I don't want to wreck, wreck the song with, you know, just generic drums on top of it. Like, that's that's <laughs> sure. always a, a challenge I find. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's the challenge for many drummers, you know, I mean, I, I, at this point in my life and career, you know, I do more session work than anything else. And when you walk into a recording session 
as a drummer, I think everybody just kind of stands there and looks at you and says, well, here's the song. And they expect you to do something amazing, you know, right out of the box. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you feel yeah, right. And then sometimes you feel like you've played through it amazingly and they go, yeah, that's not really what I was hearing for this. You're just like, well, I'm, I'm damned if I do damned if I don't kind of thing. So, um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the release. Um, and and I want to make sure I get the date right, but June 5th, uh, is the release date. And That's right, yeah. the album is called Pistols, not pistols yeah. as in guns, but pistols yeah. as in plants. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I gave this a listen over the weekend. And, you know, I have to tell you, it's it's very melodic. It's very um, it's a great record. But I, I wanted to specifically ask and you can tell us whatever you want about the release, but. There's a lot of uh, Eastern influence in your drumming uh, in some of the parts, which I thought was really, really cool. It's like almost this great melding of of East versus West, um, right. you know, which I thought was really, really cool. And it's different and unique. And, and I think, you know, we need more of that. So. Talk to me a little bit about this project as you were putting it together and, and you know, how it, it came to fruition. Sure. So, well, I guess to, to begin with the compositions I, I have been writing over the last uh, probably, yeah, five, seven years or something, they, this, the, the collection of tunes that are, that are on this album. Um, and, yeah, I guess... Each of them are inspired in some way from some images and images and memories that I have from from Street Lacker, from my trips there, and so I always I had that in mind um, when I was writing the songs. But I didn't uh, up until just a few years ago. I was always interested in in what I, I knew I had something to access in Sri Lanka of the traditional music there, but I I hadn't been exposed to it aside from maybe some more just popular Sri Lankan music, which um, which is cool, but it's not um, um, you know it's not tra- traditional. It doesn't have that um, history there. But so I, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to go to visit and and sort of informally study with um, uh, like the drum master there. Um, Karunara and the Bandara, he, he plays plays and dances um, traditional uh, Sri Lankan music, and it was yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, it's not like I'm gonna be able to just pick it up and like just do it. You know, people start playing when they're you know from a, from an early age and devote their whole lives to it. So I, I was wary of you know just just you know, sprinkling just like a little bit of that on my album, but uh, it, it did, I, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out because, um, you know, I, I was fascinated by this one drum in particular, the, it's called the Thumb Matama or the, the temple drum, which is this, it's, it, it looks kind of looks a little bit like a, a set of bongos, but uh, um, the sticks are, uh, have on the end of them, like the tip of the stick is like this, cur- like a circle. Uh, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and and for, for me as a drummer, I, I've, I haven't really played hand percussion in my life. So to, to start playing a drum like that, um, I was attracted more to something that I could play with sticks. So so this this drum appealed to me, and 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 I was checking it out and learning some of the rhythms from that. So that that is the drum that appears on on a few of the songs. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, though, when you mention the sticks, I, I, I'm trying to visualize it in my head, but they're they're almost shaped like little candy canes, almost. Yeah. A, am I right? Kind kind of uh, on the end on the, on the imagine a, a regular drumstick, a little bit shorter, maybe two thirds of the length of a, of a regular drumstick, and thinner, made out of. Um, I'm not sure what what, it, what it's made out of, but it's like imagine some sort of something from a tree like pretty it cut shaved down so it's pretty rough um gotcha. but then yeah the tip it, you just just imagine like a perfect circle a small circle uh on the end of it um and 
I guess maybe if you, if you Google Thumb Matama or Temple Drum, which is right. really a tricky one to spell. Uh, but. <laughs> but I mean, I, th- I think I'm familiar with the instrument you're talking about. I mean, I think I've seen them, you know, over the years. But, yeah. y- you know, I, I think that you did a really, you know, good job of, as you said, sprinkling in some of that traditional influence uh, of your roots into a really good modern jazz album. You know, it's, um, and sonically it's very pleasing. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about the personnel that you used on the record and, and where you actually did the recording because it's, you know, it, it sounds great. Sure. So, um, well, it was actually recorded upstate New York, um, at a studio called Clubhouse in Rhinebeck, um, which I hadn't been to before, but I'd heard, heard some things about it. Um, and w- what I liked about um, going up there was just being out of the city and um, spending a couple of days just in the nature. And, and, and I, it really worked out well because, you know, you stay the night there and you, you wake up in the morning, you're in the studio and it's very relaxing. And um, so, and you know, no one's distracted by, by what's going on in the city or, you know, that you can't go anywhere. So, I was really happy about that. Um, the personnel, I have two Australians uh, on a the bass player, Sam Anning. He's probably the bass player that I've played the most gigs in my life with. Uh, we have like a long musical history going back to Australia. Um, and yeah, he moved to New York before I did. Um, and he'd, he'd started playing with people. And then we also played in, in many bands in New York together. So... So he was the obvious choice for bass, but he's actually since he moved back to Australia a few years ago. So um, we were on tour in, in Europe last year with another band, and he, he agreed to come here after that tour and, and record my album. So oh, he came cool. over specifically yeah. for it. Uh, and the guitarist is Hugh Stuckey. He's another Australian who I've, I've played with a lot over the years, and he also moved here um, maybe five years ago. So. So it was nice having two of my, you know, close friends and people that I'd worked with a lot who I felt very comfortable with. And then Chris Cheek I had um, played with a few times over the last seven or eight years. And I think I, I had it in mind always that he was going to be perfect for my songs. Um, and actually, actually I, I remember asking him about doing a recording back in 2012 before I even had a, a strong concept of of what my album would be like. Um, I remember asking him and he was, he was into it back then and it took me eight, eight years <laughs> to actually <laughs> do it. But he was, he was always the person who was, who was going to play saxophone and I'm, I'm so glad that, that he was still up for it eight years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause he's just such a, yeah, beautiful musician and, and great, great guy as well. So, um, so that was Chris. And then piano, I, I, yeah, I've always loved Aaron Aaron Parks's playing, and actually we had we had met and played in Copenhagen a few years ago, just informally. Um, so I, I didn't know Aaron really well. Um, sort of, we, we knew each other, but uh, I was so happy when he yeah when he was able available to and up for for playing my on my my album, and I think he really was the perfect person musical fit um I, I, I couldn't be happy actually with how how he played my music so um and then also i have uh, my wife lara bayer who's a, a beautiful singer from south of spain granada who appears on the on the first track pistols uh, yeah um, it, that's, that's pretty incredible that that vocal was was spot on it was great yeah so so that was the per- yeah that's the personnel and I I'm, I could not be happier really um, with with just yeah how how it turned out and just I, I just felt very comfortable having you know people a, a good mix of people who I'd played a lot with the people who I admired and and uh, yeah so I yeah well that's how it turned out the the result is is great and you know I mean I think. But, you know, I, I would encourage my listeners to pick up a copy. Uh, again, it's called Pistols um, and just a fantastic record. Now, I, you know, here is the million dollar question. And this is what everybody gets asked when they release an album. 
Are you going to put together a proper tour? I mean, obviously, I know that, you know, you can't do it in in the midst of, you know, a a nationwide, you know, lockdown uh, due to COVID-19. But when the live music industry, you know, sort of starts back up, are you obviously you'll be playing in New York, but are you going to try to put together a proper tour to support the album or have you even thought that far ahead? I I haven't really thought that far ahead. I had some things planned uh, that obviously got canceled. Um, So I, but I haven't really thought about how everything's going to look after this. Um, uh, I, I was lucky that I got to play one gig with with my band um, just in January. It was I'm so happy that it didn't get cancelled. It was uh, at a nice festival in Bangkok, um, and and there was start of Corona was it was it was starting to people were already starting to be a, bit, a little bit worried. So, but fortunately, the, it, the gig still you know went through and. Um, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm happy that I have have that to remember as my last performance <laughs> with my band. <laughs> sure. But on the other side of it, I'm, I'm yeah. I, I mean, I think I will. Um, yeah. I, like I go, I go to Europe a lot. Spend usually spend the summers in Spain, and I had some gigs in Spain planned for for this summer. And if they don't happen, well, they won't happen this summer because I'm going to be in New York now. But um, I guess yeah, next year definitely I will, I will look to to play there and and get more more dates some hopefully in in Europe and and also in Australia I I I usually go, return back there quite regularly to play as well so yeah okay well um, you know I I was just curious because you know, I mean, there's so much new music. Um, and, you know, I, I jokingly say kind of tongue in cheek, I say the good news is anybody can make a record. The bad news is yeah. anybody can make a record, right? I mean, it's there's just yeah. so much new music out there. And unfortunately, so much of it is released. And then, you know, you're like, wow, I really, um, you, you know, want to go see these guys and girls live and you don't have that opportunity because they just, they don't tour, you know, it's, it's yeah. just, I'm releasing a record and, and that's it. Um, so th- that's hence the line of questioning. Um, yeah. Raj, where will, I would like to, yeah, yeah for sure. And, and yeah. I mean, I, I would absolutely be a ticket buyer to come out to yeah. one of the shows. It, it's, I mean, I dig it. It's really good. And I'm not, you know, some super jazz guy. I really, I, you know, I came up in the rock and roll school, but I dig what you're doing. Um, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so the record, you know, uh, where is it going to be available? Presumably it's going to be available everywhere. People can pick up music, correct? Yeah. I mean, Bandcamp is the obvious place where, um, where you can pick up a, a physical copy or a digital copy as well. Um, I'm I'm pressing vinyl at the moment. It's being being made in in Copenhagen actually. Oh, so, cool! Yeah. Um, have to somehow get that over to New York, <laughs> which is is going to be tricky because I actually had plans to pick it up in person. But yeah, but yeah. So Bandcamp for to purchase copies, um, and obviously all the digital streaming platforms. It'll be it'll be there. Oh, it it is there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, kids, buy a physical copy. You know, it's it's great if you stream it, but trust me on this. It it's gonna help Rajiv more if you buy a physical copy. Uh, do yeah. do that. Buy a physical copy. Don't just stream it on Spotify. It's literally, you know, if you listen to it nonstop for a week, it'll be like a check for three dollars. So uh, <laughs> to yeah, the artist, I think not even I yeah, think yeah, right. 30 cents probably. Yeah, exactly. So but yeah. pick up a physical copy, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So um, what is next for you? Um, I, I know that you've just released the album. Um, but, and we talked a little bit about touring plans and, and obviously all that is kind of, you know, on the back burner given the, the current situation, but, you know, is this something that you're going to get in a bit more, uh, rhythm with pun fully intended? Are you going to try to put out a new record, you know, every year, every couple of years, or, or are you just going to let it, you know, it kind of happen how it happens? 
I, I think I will let it happen how it happened. Uh, I mean, there, there was so much build up and, and to, to this one, and then I, I think the next one will happen faster, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there will be another one. Uh, I, I don't know when it would. It would probably depend on when I have the songs ready. That seems to be the main thing for me. Um, I mean, I also have like many other uh, collaborative projects that I that I I'm in and work on. So. Um, yeah, I you know plans for for more immediate plans to record other albums together with the. I mean, it's easier when when there's three people saying in a group and all contributing tunes and and uh, with the motivation to do something. I, so as for for my next, I mean, I'm I'm happy just to see how this this one goes, see how it's received, <laughs> sure. and, uh, and take it from there. But I, it's yeah, it, it will happen. I'm pretty sure another one will happen. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot and try to, <laughs> you know, have you have you read the crystal ball. But, you know, I mean, I get excited when there are, you know, up and coming young players that have something unique to offer. And I think you certainly fit that bill. So, you know, um, I, I was just curious. So, uh, again, not trying to put you on the spot. Um, oh, no, yeah. Thanks but, for, I mean, it, it, it gives me a little push as well to think, okay, yeah, no, I, sh- I should I should write, yeah, you know, probably try, maybe I should. I'm, I'm practicing more these days than like, like everyone, every other musician. You're right, that I'm yeah. Practicing, but, but I, I guess it's, you know, trying to find that balance between writing and practicing. But I haven't really been writing these days, but I, sh- I should, should. And then I guess once I have some songs, so I'll feel motivated to think about another album. So. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so I, what else do you have going on outside of, you know, promoting the, the new record? I mean, obviously you can't go out and play gigs, but are you doing any kind of, you know, teaching via, you know, Skype or Zoom or anything like that? Or uh, is that just, you know... I'm is, not actually. I've never really been... I've, I've taught a handful of lessons in my life just to some privates. Um, I, so that, yeah, and I feel, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing any teaching, on online teaching. There are so many people doing that. Um, I'm not, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky time, Um I'm, my my wife is yeah who sings on the record is a great singer she's she's doing um like a lot of uh, online concerts so I've been accompanying her playing playing with her on on those which has been fun um and it's yeah been forcing me to learn skills like recording and getting all of that together behind <laughs> recording setup <laughs> which sure. is also cool because now you know I had never done that and that's something I'd always wanted to do so starting to bounce around tracks around to, to friends around the world which is I think you know there, there are some positives to come from this as, as well yeah uh, so but that's yeah I'm, I'm just yeah, I mean, I feel like I have like I wake up and I'm I want to practice drums, want to practice bass. Yeah, you know, have all these things that I want, I want to do. The days fly by, and you know, trying to record myself. And so, like the time passes so quickly, it's just yeah, not working is is a, is a unsustainable. <laughs> it's unsustainable yeah. really. but, sure. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I've been I've been saying for the last couple of months now. You know, I ho- I hope everybody's getting plenty of you know, woodshed time in because that's all we have, uh, the, yeah. you know, that's all we have to do right now is, is practice yeah. and work on new things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're lucky as musicians that we have that. It's not, we're not going to get bored because we have our instruments. We have music. I, I think people that don't have that, I don't know what they, what they do, but yeah. maybe finally they have time to, to learn a language or, or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's, with, 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 with music, it's yeah. Yeah. Think. You always have something to tackle, right? I mean, there's always exactly. that that, yeah. that next mountain to climb, which is exactly yeah. That's the great thing about music. So, yeah. um, let me do this. Um, you know, and I don't think we've touched on this quite yet, but tell all of our listeners where they can, you know, find you, your web address, you know, any of your social channels that you want people to check out. Do that sure. for us. Okay, so um, my website is my full first and second name, which um, it's going to be tricky if I just say it. It's rajivjawira.com. So Rajiv, R-A-J-I-V-J-A-Y-A-W-E-E-R-A, rajivjawira.com. Um, that will take you 
to my website, which should get you everywhere everywhere else. But um, the, actually, my Bandcamp site is is easier. It's just pistols dot bandcamp dot com. Okay. So pistols p i s t i l s. Um, and my Instagram is uh, Euro Raj E U R O R A J Euro Raj. Um, and Facebook page is just again my full full name. So okay, they're they're all the places. Well, we're going to send some folks your way. And of course, you know, uh, I will link up to your website from here at the drumshuffle.com uh, and, and get some folks over your way. But again, I'm going to encourage everybody to, to pick up the record because it is really good. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I, I mean that sincerely. Um, and if it, if it wasn't, I would tell you, I'd be like, well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. Um, and that's fine too. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I don't expect everyone to like it, you know, and um, I think that's that's more than more than okay. Yeah, well, again, that's the great thing about music, you know. I mean, if if I have listeners that all they listen to is Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and you, you know, super heavy metal, they're probably not going to dig your record, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it, it's it's not going to be in their lane. Um, you know, but for folks that like really good, thoughtful drumming and, and great melodies and good jazz, um, I think they're going to dig the record and, and I would encourage them to, to pick it up. But, um, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, and, and as we get ready to wrap up, you know, our time together here, I would love for you to, um, offer a good piece of advice for, all of our listeners. Um, and I think you'll have a pretty unique perspective given that, you know, um, just your diverse background, you know, being Sri Lankan, you, you lived in London, you lived in Australia. Now you're in New York city. You've, you've been in a lot of different musical climates and scenes. Uh, give us all a good piece of advice. Well, I think, um, to just, be really simple about it. I would say, to in terms of playing, to just always try to play as honestly as you can and just be true to yourself. Um, I mean, I think it's always great to study the masters um, and and get as much knowledge as you can. But at the end of the day, you, you're only going to sound like you're going to sound the best sounding like you or trying to play like yourself. So I, I, I also think that it's important from an early age uh, or from the beginning to, to, to search for your own voice uh, on, on whatever instrument you play um, and look for things that you can draw on, I mean, whether they be cultural or, or anything like listen to a lot of music, different styles, that, that not just jazz or not just whatever style you're, you're naturally drawn to. Um, and then the other two things I think are really important, just like uh, melody and dynamics. I, I I think that they, yeah, they can help you a lot. Just being aware of, as as a drummer, also of course, being aware of harmony and melody, um, and you know, playing other instruments. I think really playing other instruments, I think, is is, is great. Is a good thing to try to do. Um, just to see what it feels like. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's man. That's great advice. And, uh, you know, I, I oftentimes wish, you know, that I were a little more well-versed outside of the world of drumming. Right. I, I, you know, nobody will ever want to pay money to see me play a piano or a guitar or a bass, you know, because it's just not what I'm good at. And I haven't taken the time, you know, to, to devote myself to learning those instruments to a proficient level. I can hammer mm. around in the studio and, and get an idea across, but I can't yeah. perform it very well. But I oftentimes find in those situations that people say, well, you know, I've always wanted to play drums. I'm just not coordinated enough. You know, that's that's yeah. invariably one thing that you always hear. And, you know, I, I think it would do all of us some good as drummers to cross that bridge and learn other instruments. And I while so, yeah. while we're there, bring those other instrumentalists across our bridge and show them a yeah. little bit about drumming because I yeah. think there's a misnomer that some folks think, oh, well, playing drums is pretty easy. 
and it right yeah it, it is not <laughs> it's not no, it's definitely not you know so yeah. but that's great advice and i appreciate you offering that to all of our listeners oh, of course yeah that's great well, uh, you know, Raj, it goes without saying, anytime you have something new that's going on or something you want to share with our listeners, you're welcome on this show anytime. Uh, thank um, you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. It, it's just been a, a privilege for me to have you on the show and learn a little bit more about your background. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that we can stay in touch and uh, keep track of your career as it continues to grow and grow. I really do appreciate the time. Oh, thanks, thanks a lot. Thank you, and um, thanks to all the listeners for, for tuning in. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Glad to do it, and uh, we will talk to you very, very soon. Great, thanks. Thanks, Raj. Talk to you soon. See ya. All right, guys and girls, that is going to wrap up episode 105 of the Drum Shuffle. Again, our last episode before summer hiatus for 2020. Uh, Looking forward to a little bit of time off. Uh, I love the show, but it's always good to regroup and recharge your batteries. So thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in each and every week. We simply cannot do this show without you guys listening, downloading, and streaming the Drum Shuffle podcast. As I do every week, I'm going to ask you to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen in. Leave us a star rating, a review. While we're on our summer vacation, uh, share some of those past episodes with a friend. That helps us more than you'll ever know. Uh, Just send a link to somebody. Say, hey, check out this podcast. It's really cool. Uh, If you believe that, it helps us to continue our growth process. And as always, we answer every single email that we receive here at the Drum Shuffle. Our email address is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And of course, you can find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. Now, I'm going to draw your attention to that jamieeds.com website a little more than I normally do. Uh, Part of this time off, uh, I have a fairly big announcement to make a little bit later this summer, and uh, I will give you a hint. It has to do with new drums. So uh, make sure you're checking out uh, jamieeds.com and following me on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I do try to keep my social media uh, output going even while we're on hiatus here at the podcast. Guys and girls, thank you guys so much for listening. I truly, truly do appreciate it. So until the first Wednesday in September, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. 